Hello, welcome to Cycle Systems Online Podcast. So today I wanted to talk about working efficiently in the workshop. If you're a pro mechanic, it's something you probably know lots about and you may get one or two hints and tips at this and hey, you might even have one or two hints and tips for us as well and feel free to share them with us on social media. Always great to hear from you. If you're a home mechanic or someone who's just really interested in bikes, you're probably aware one of the big differences between yourself and a professional mechanic, apart from, say, breadth of repertoire, is often speed. So a home mechanic might build a wheel in a day or two, and a professional mechanic will build it in an hour, and often to a higher standard as well. So I think it's in all of our interests to be able to work more efficiently. If you're an enthusiast, it just means more time riding, less time throwing things across the shed. And if you're a professional, well, just means a more relaxed working life where you can get more done in less time. And it's often just essential when you've got all the bikes booked in for the day and everyone wants to pick their bike up at the end of the day and you've just got to get through them. I think it's worth saying that as all of us know who've worked on bikes, you can't predict every single job. And in fact, you can expect there's going to be some sort of unforeseen difficulties most, if not every day. So what I'd always say to people when you're working on bikes is when you come up against one of those problems is to stay relaxed and calm. I know it sounds silly, but as soon as people constrict and get stressed because something's gone beyond the norm maybe you've got a seized component uh, a rounded or broken off bolt you've got a spare part not available all of these things that can feel like they stump you initially if you simply accept the fact that it's bound to happen if you work on bikes and stay relaxed and calm and confident you're much more likely to actually fix the problem And you're much more likely to be in the state of mind where you can think on how to do that. So I don't mean to be a life coach or anything, but the ABC of bike mechanics, always be cool. It is the most critical part of any talk on working well in the workshop. So essentially, I think the most important things are, first of all, knowing what to get booked in. So if you know that you're not um, an e-bike mechanic, you haven't got the training, you haven't got the spare parts, you haven't got the tools, the software, you shouldn't be booking in e-bikes, especially with electronical problems, because you're not going to be able to fix them. But also, if there's other specialities such as suspension, maybe um, a modern bike with internal everything and you've never done it before, it's certainly being aware of the amount of time it's going to take you and maybe thinking ahead and getting yourself the right training in or right type of training in before you take these jobs on. But apart from that, the other part of knowing what to book in is what's going to even be worth attempting. And what I mean by that, because most of the time something is fixable. I mean, obviously, you have a non-replaceable part that's snapped it you know, non-repairable part has just snapped, you've just got to replace it. But essentially, there are certain jobs where you can't win, you can't do the job properly. And what I mean by this is the most neglected 
cheapest, nastiest bicycle shaped object comes in. The brakes aren't working safely. The rims are worn out, so the wheels are going to collapse at some point. You see all sorts of other potential hazards with this bike. And the customer says, oh, well, can you just fix the puncture or can you just put new brake pads in? And I'd always recommending just saying no, just don't even taking that job on. Because essentially, you are going to be liable for any future problems with that bike. If you fix a puncture on that bike and then the wheel collapses because the rim was worn, you're going to be the one that's liable. But also, when the bike's been in the bike shop or the bike workshop, people are going to expect a certain standard of how the bike works afterwards. And you're just not going to be able to pull that off if the customer's only going to pay for the most minimal amount of work. So it reflects badly on you. So I'd say the most important thing, firstly, to work efficiently is to really, obviously I would say this, but really make sure that you're properly trained and you've got adequate continued professional development. You're confident in the technology that you're booking in and that you're not booking in any hospital passes you know jobs that are just going to be impossible for you or your fellow mechanics to achieve a satisfactory outcome at the cost the customer's willing to pay and that takes me on to the next thing which is the ability to balance the needs of the customer and the needs of the business because they're both critical you know without the business there the customer hasn't got a workshop to come to to get the bike fixed without the customer none of us have got jobs. So it's about balancing those needs. So I've employed mechanics in the past who the customers love because they will always do the most incredible in-depth work imaginable. But essentially, they're only being paid to do an hour's work on the bike. And they've stripped it down and they've rebuilt it and they've done three hours, four hours work but essentially they've just lost a whole heap of money for the business. It's not sustainable. And on the other hand, I've had all sorts of horror stories of my graduates going off to work in bike shops. They've got a full service in, so the customer's paying for three hours plus work, and the mechanic's shouted at for removing the forks to inspect the headset because the shop owner or workshop manager just wants the bikes turned over quickly. And as a headset's an invisible issue to many, they don't want the preventative maintenance done, which I'm sure you'll agree is a false economy in many ways, and in fact really dangerous when we're talking carbon steers and such being neglected and not inspected. So essentially, knowing what to book in, knowing the skill set that you've got, then we can move into actually working efficiently and effectively in the workshop. So the first thing that I always teach people, and is I think it's incredibly important for you to learn if you don't always work like this, is to be able to isolate the problems very quickly. If we look, say, for example, at a transmission system, gear system, you've got the shifter, you've got the cable, or these days the electronic wire, you've then got the derailleur, you've got the chain, and you've got the cassette or the and or the chain rings. And then, of course, you've got where all of these parts are mounted onto the bike. So whether that's the bar inside the frame, 
the free hub body, the hub, the wheel, and so on and so forth. So every single system on the bike, it's important that you don't just know how it fits onto the bike and the correct torque spec and all the rest of it, you know, which side of the bolt to clamp the cable or how to insert the DI2 wire correctly. You need to have an understanding of what's going on at every single part of the bike so you know how to quickly and easily isolate the problem. Now, experience is going to be key here. So an experienced mechanic will have a bike come in and you'll see straight away there's a bent mech hanger or a bent mech cage and you can go, well, I know there's at least that. But do be aware, of course, a problem with shifting might be caused by one, two, three, four problems. And you need to be able to work through the whole system step by step by step. But you need to develop a system. Obviously, we what we teach at Cycle Systems or learn a system on how to do this quickly and efficiently, but also in a foolproof way to make sure that nothing's being missed. And then you're going to need to build some sort of troubleshooting in as well, because if you perform a task on these preset um, steps and it doesn't give you the result required, you need to have nice, quick and easy troubleshooting tasks in order to um, you know, find out what the problem is. And I think one thing often customers don't appreciate is that sometimes there's certain technologies in the bike which will come in for maybe not the best reasons and they actually preclude our ability to then do some of these checks. So the classic one, if we're talking cable shifting, is internal routing. You know, when you've got externally routed cables, your ability to isolate out the shifter pulling the cable, the uh, limit screws on the mech, you could isolate all of that by fully releasing the shifter and pulling the cable by hand, couldn't you? Where as soon as the cables are fully inside the um, the frame, it's going to take you longer to isolate the problems out. And unfortunately, when you have got a mechanical cable going inside a frame, especially going inside a bar and a stem, to be fair, going inside a frame, not such a big deal. But I'm talking about a lot of the modern bikes I've been building where the cable's going inside the stem and all around it, you can end up with poor performance, poor shift performance, just because of that routing, essentially. So knowing how to isolate the problems quickly and easily in as foolproof a manner uh, as possible is definitely what you're going to need. If you want to break into the bike trade, train your staff, or even learn some new skills just for fun, Cycle Systems Academy has a course for you. Our graduates come to us from all over the globe and train with us to gain the highest recognized cycle mechanic qualifications available. The bike industry supports and believes in Cycle Systems Academy, which means they'll believe in you too. Now, the other thing that's been a big deal of late, but it's always something of a deal, and it does refer somewhat back to the first point I make, is the availability of spare parts. Now, if you've got a bike that someone wants to book in and you know you can't get the spare parts, then it's often just easier to say to the customer, look, we're just going to have to replace the whole shifting system, you know, the whole drivetrain, maybe even the whole group cell, the whole wheel set. 
So you're not even trying to bodge. And in fact, I'd say as a professional mechanic, yes, you can do hacks. You know, if you need to, you can customize components, you can work around. It's part of the creative genius of bike mechanics, right? A little slap on the back for you all out there. You know what I mean. But doing a bodge, you know the difference, right? And uh, I think GCN's even got the hack or bodge still, haven't they? So we never do bodges in the workshop. They're time-consuming. They're not necessarily reliable. They might work for five minutes on your test ride, but the customer's out there an hour into a ride and your bodge unravels or falls to pieces. So what we want is to hand the bike over knowing it's going to be fine for the next six months, 12 months till the next time it sees a professional workshop. So I think having an awareness of what is or isn't available, you know, to you as a mechanic before you even start the job, and then you don't even attempt to bodge around it. And this whole creative tension between replace or repair it is a bit of a ethical conundrum isn't it because i think most of us into bikes especially mechanics most of us are somewhat ecologically aware and have a desire you know even a moral compass or ethical compass to repair rather than replace things you know so whether it's a anti-consumerist um, political mindset or a practical mindset, it's always better to be able to fix something, right? It really is. It's, it's better all around. But of course, working professionally, there's times when it's just not possible for you to do it well, or it's just not possible for you to do it on a purely practical basis, you know, because you do have to make a certain amount of money per day for the business to be viable. And if you spent eight hours doing one job that you're going to charge £50 for, that isn't the case. So it's the old joke of when Aved Elixirs, you know, came in, you just chuck them in the bin and put some Shimano uh, Dior brakes on there. It, it's the same sort of thing as in the certain jobs where you just know it's going to be an absolute can of worms and if you just replace everything from the off, it's all going to be sorted. And in fact, it might even work out cheaper for the customer, certainly if you're going to be working at a realistic hourly rate and actually charging the customers an hourly rate. So that being able to balance the needs of the customer and the business comes in again, doesn't it? And just working within the system that we find ourselves in, whether we like it or not. Another really important thing to work in efficiently, obviously, is having the right tools. Now, I would say this, but it does surprise me often how many bike shops just don't have the right tools. They've not kept up to speed with new equipment that's come out. They've not regarded it as important to, you know, update their tools. And, you know, certain bike shop bosses don't like spending the money. And in some respects, you can understand because things like bottom bracket tools, which you'll use once or twice a year, why bother, you know? But the problem is that when that bike comes in and you need that tool, if you don't have it, you're in serious bodge territory. And to bodge removing a bottom bracket, which is maybe a bit seized, is never going to be good. So I would say it, but having the right tool for the right job, it 
always, always speeds things up tremendously. And even things like having good quality bleed kits, not just the same bleed kit you've had sat around for 10 years. You've got good quality modern bleed kits, something where you can replace the seal, something like the Jaguar Elite, something where all of the connectors are completely up to date with the systems on the market. Having the correct bleed blocks. There's so many different systems now. And if a bleed block is too small or too large, you get the incorrect amount of oil in a system, you need to do the bleed again. All of this is inefficient working or maybe even giving the bike back to the customer where things just aren't working properly at all and your reputation's going to suffer. Just things like having a compressor rather than a track pump makes a really big difference in the workshop these days. And what I particularly like about having a compressor is you can take off the tire inflator gun, put in just a standard air gun, and that's fantastic not only for drying components after you've cleaned them, get them really, really dried before you re-lube, but also it's good just for blasting dirt and dust and crud out of um, you know places where it finds itself. So really, really useful to have a compressor in the workshop. Not only the right tools, but make sure your tools are all really well looked after. So not just cleaned and put back in the right place. I know it's obvious, but we've all seen the places where they don't do that. But you've got some sort of regular checking of the tools, so you know they're not just going to snap halfway through using. And things like chain tools, you've always got the spare pins. You've always got backups, so you can just keep working and keep going. So. While you can't replace experience, you know, a lot of this workshop efficiency is simply our hand skills and our experience. I think as much skill sharing as we can do with one another, passing on knowledge, passing on skills, but also following some of these basic core rules that I've shared with you, I really hope will allow you to work more efficiently and essentially better. So thanks for joining us this week, guys. Bye-bye.